Today we begin our 40-day journey of confession, contrition, and repentance. So it's the beginning of Lent where we now start to descend into the valley of the shadow of death with Jesus. Ashes are imposed and impressed on us with a cross on our foreheads. It's the first outward reminder that Lent has come and we must die. Today at the chapel for the preschoolers, we, we pretended that we died. We, we fell on the floor, laid on the floor, okay, and then I said, now let's be raised up like Jesus will raise us up from death. And so we all stood up, you know, and of course they wanted to do it again. So, okay, so we died again, and then we was raised up. Oh, that wasn't enough, so we did it again. We had great fun, you know, they like to do things over and over again. But I, I, mean, I tried to impress on them that, you know, when you, when you believe in, in Jesus, I mean, this, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what, it's, what it's all about, right? We're gonna, we die, and we're going to be raised again. When you're baptized, you die, you get raised again. It's, it's mul- multiple times, right? Well, you only get baptized once, and we're only going to die once, right? But you, you get the picture, right? The death we die in baptism foreshadows the death we'll die when we die and when Jesus raises us up. All, all that stuff. It's all connected. You know, ashes for baptized Christians are a sign of confession and repentance, suffering and grief. When God first con- confronted Adam in the Garden of Eden after the fall into sin... God immediately reminded Adam that just as he had come from the dust in the ground, so his body would become dust again in death. Although Adam and Eve were created perfectly, they would die because they went against God's command. And as their children, we also speak the same words when I impose the ashes on us. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Death comes to all people because all have been born with it, born with sin from our first father and mother, Adam and Eve. And as King David confesses, he says in Psalm 51, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. David's mother was conceived in sin. Her mother was, whoever her mother was, and on and on, all the way back to Eve and Adam. Therefore, Lent is, despite its somewhat gloominess, it's healthy. It's a healthy annual spiritual practice for us because it gets us to take off the old clothing of sin in order that we may be clothed anew by Jesus Christ. And if you do a quick review of the Bible, you'll find there are ashes mentioned all throughout it. Let me just give you a few examples. We only read, I only read just a little bit from Job, but there's a lot more in there. Job covered himself with ashes because of his grief and shame. Jeremiah reminds us of ashes in Lamentations. Ezekiel preached cities such as Tyre would repent in dust and roll in ashes. You've got to wonder what that looked like. You know, these ancient Hebrew people and, and the more modern ones in the centuries before Jesus, they all had this thing about tearing the clothes, rolling around in sackcloth and in ashes. must have been quite a sight. 
all that dust flying around from the ashes. But, you know, they would have had plenty of ash around, right? They burned everything in their home. They wood for whatever, woods and sticks and coal or whatever for heat, you know. They, they would have had lots of ash to do this stuff. It was a household element for them. Not so much for us, unless you still have a fireplace where you have to scoop out the ash. Isaiah also warned God's people about worshiping wooden idols. He says, one who worships them feeds on ashes. Yeah, <laughs> what a thought, huh? Uh, eating ash, that's what you do when you worship wooden idols. In Esther, chapter 4, verse 1, Mordecai mourns for the people of God, tearing his clothes, there they go again, and putting on dust and ashes after he hears the murderous edict of the king and his servant Haman. Later, after Jonah preached to the city of Nineveh, the king and all the people mourned in, you guessed it, dust and ashes. And finally, Jesus doesn't hide from ashes, but exhorts the Galilean cities of, of Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum to repent in sackcloth and ashes. You heard that in that gospel reading. The ashes that you and I wear tonight remind us of our sin. Just as Nineveh sinned and repented in dust and ashes, many others repented after God's prophets preached to them. This Lent brings us a new series of worship, Promised Treasures. And I've got, in the back there, I've got your Promised Treasures Lenten devotional booklets I'll hand to you as you walk out tonight. That's our theme this year, Promised Treasures. Each week I'll highlight an ancient, visible, and biblical object that impresses upon us who we are and what God has done to save us. A number of these objects are common in daily life today, like salt and oil. Those are a couple of things. But by utilizing in them in this midweek service, we'll better appreciate our history as the people of God and our daily need for Jesus Christ. Tonight we sit and clothe ourselves in dust and ashes as Job did. Well, not quite like he did. <laughs> We're not rolling around in the dust and ashes, but We've got the ash on our foreheads in a symbolic way is the same thing. Job was blessed with a large family from God. He had a wife, seven sons, and three daughters. He owned much land, had numerous servants, and thousands of animals. Does that sound like a poor man to you? No. no. He seems to have been very well off, well to do. Probably one of the wealthiest men in his time like a modern-day Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. However, God allowed almost all his earthly stuff to be taken away in one fell swoop. Then he permitted Job's body to be so deeply afflicted with boils and sores from the bottom of his feet to the crown of his head that he literally scraped the scabs and skin off with a piece of broken pottery to obtain relief. I don't recommend you do that if you get shingles all was so badly lost that even Job or in the Hebrew Job his wife desperately says to him he must have been really wailing in the house and just being a real pain in the neck with these sores and boils she says in chapter 2 verse 9 why don't you just curse God and die <laughs> wow what a nice wife 
But all Christians suffer in life. And if you haven't, you will. In fact, St. Paul says to the Philippian church, the people there, and to his uh, young pastor trainee, Timothy, that all Christians suffer. And you can imagine that they're probably no strangers to that anyways. But Paul reminds them of that. Some sufferings and trials are, are worse or less than others. Some are self-made due to our selfish ways that hurt or injure others who now do little to help us. And other suffering is simply brought upon us by others because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And when sin touches us, so does death. Our grandparents die, our parents die, our children die, and other loved ones perish. So we sit in ashes with Job and remember what the good Dr. Martin Luther said. We are beggars, this is true. Repentance levels the playing field of life. It makes us recognize that any and every blessing we enjoy and possess is only a gift from His almighty hand. However, being baptized into Christ's death is more than only wearing ashes. Jesus Christ promises also to raise you from the ashes of your death and the grave and assure you of eternal life. Jesus promised Martha this at Lazarus' death. I am the resurrection and the life, he told her. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And later on, Paul will come along and add to that. We were buried, therefore, with him by, baptism into, by his baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. You are no longer clothed in death, but with life in Christ. After Job endured his ashes and his cross, God raised him out of suffering. Jesus Christ washes and raises you right now with a renewed purpose. He wipes away all your ashes and promises to bless you with eternal life. So Good Friday is coming. Reminding you that Jesus Christ has taken all your ashes and old clothing of sin, all, all your old clothing of sin, and He has nailed it to the cross. It was all buried with Him and is no more. That's why St. Paul says, God made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Easter promises you that God always raises the dead. You now have hope and joy because he God the Father raised His own Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. And yes, we will sit in dust and ashes for the rest of this evening in order to grieve, suffer, and repent again. However, we grieve as Job did. Job had hope and promise in his Redeemer. In the end, dear friends, you and I will not be clothed in ashes but in stunningly white robes washed completely by the blood of the resurrected Lamb, Jesus Christ. Your joy is found only in the Lord Jesus, who offers you His precious body and blood for you in this supper. In Him you are clothed. In Him you are redeemed. 
In him you are secure, both now and forever. Amen.